furious followers i'm chris here with another creation born of my own spooky mind grab a glass of wine or a good bourbon put on those comfy pants and allow me to tell you a story worthy of the season allow your mind to wander and set the stage for your imagination to be free welcome to ravenswood at least that's what the sign on the side of the road said the message, given the way it was the sign hung from one eye hook and how faded the paint was with a crack right down the middle, wasn't exactly one of welcoming, however. It was a place where secrets festered and whispered legends plagued the minds of its residents, those who dared or were too stubborn to move away. Some said the town was cursed, others believed it was haunted, but the truth lay hidden in the shadows. The clock tower in the center of town struck midnight, its chimes echoing through the empty streets. No one in Ravenswood liked to go out after dark. Though the moon shone through the tall trees, the light struggled to meet its intended target, as a figure adept at dodging the light weaved across through the darkness effortlessly. At the far end of town, nestled beneath a canopy of ancient oak trees, stood a forgotten, desolate house. Its windows were shadowed, the roof sagged, and the once white paint had turned a sickly shade of gray and muddy moss green. The Grimshaw Manor seemed to ooze everything a home should not. Everything you see in every scary movie, it almost groaned in an effort to keep people away. The structure's protests fell on deaf ears, for inside the decrepit manor, an ominous gathering was taking place. Silhouettes moved in hushed conversations, their whispers barely audible. They had gathered here to revisit the past, to confront the sins they had hidden for far too long. Leading this assembly of mournful souls was Abigail Lane, a woman of immense wealth and influence. She had called them here to face the past, a past shrouded in death and despair. Twenty years ago, on a night like this, a murder had taken place within the Grimshaw Manor. Abigail's husband, Samuel Lane, had been brutally murdered, and the killer was never found. Abigail was a tall and slender woman, with hair once ebony now elegantly etched with the gray of years of knowledge, remorse, and sadness. She turned to the group and began to speak. Tonight, we face the darkness that has haunted us for two decades. The killer of my husband still walks among us, their sins unpunished. I have summoned you all here because I believe that within this room, we will find the answers we seek. The room was filled with uneasy murmurs and averted eyes. The guests in attendance had once been friends, but the passage of time had turned them into strangers. Among the attendees was Robert Turner, a retired detective whose career had been marred by his failure to solve the murder. He had never forgiven himself for letting the killer escape justice. Abigail continued, I want each of you to reveal what you know about that fateful night. Samuel's death haunts me and I can no longer bear this burden alone. The room fell silent. The shadows seemed to grow darker as if they were conspiring to keep the secrets hidden. Slowly, one by one, the guests began to speak. Harold Dunham, a wealthy landowner, was the first to break the silence. I was in the library that night, reading by the fireplace. I heard a commotion, like a, a, a struggle, coming from the hallway. By the time I rushed out, it was too late. I found Samuel lying dead on the floor, his blood staining the Persian rug. Agnes Wainwright, the town's gossip, spoke next. I saw something from the window. It was a shadowy figure moving quickly away from the manor. I couldn't see who it was, but I could tell it was a man. He disappeared into the woods. Robert Turnett's voice was heavy with regret. 
as he recounted his role in the investigation. You all know I was the detective assigned to the case. I questioned everyone, but the evidence was scarce. No fingerprints, no footprints, nothing to hang my hat on. I failed to apprehend the killer, and the case went cold. Abigail nodded, her eyes glistening with unshed tears. I knew my husband had enemies, but nothing that warranted such brutality. I've spent years trying to piece together the puzzle, and I believe someone in this room knows more than they have let on. As the night wore on, the guests shared their fragmented memories and suspicions. It became apparent that each of them had something to hide. The tension in the room was palpable, and the air was thick with paranoia. It was like a cross between a seance and a group therapy session. Chairs had been brought in, initially in a circle with folks moving them around to chat with each other or to hide their faces, depending, of course, on who you were. Occasionally, someone would stand up from discomfort or boredom or for whatever reason. The scene was awkward, and that's just how Abigail wanted it. Finally, it was Eleanor Maitland's turn to speak. She had been Samuel's closest friend, and her eyes were filled with sorrow. I should have told you this a long time ago, Abigail. That night, I saw the killer. The room fell into an uneasy silence as everyone turned their attention to Eleanor. She recounted her story in a trembling voice. I was in the hallway, just outside the library, when I heard a struggle. I peeked around the corner and I saw a man standing over Samuel's lifeless body. He wore a dark coat and a hat that concealed most of his face. I couldn't see who it was, but I know it wasn't a stranger. It was someone who knew Samuel well. Abigail's heart raced as the realization settled in. You knew who it was, Eleanor? Why didn't you say anything? Eleanor looked down, her face filled with guilt. I didn't see his face clearly, Abigail, but I recognized his coat. It was Samuel's coat. The killer was wearing Samuel's own coat. A chill swept through the room, and the guests exchanged nervous glances. How was it possible that the killer had been wearing the victim's coat? Did the killer still have the coat? What could he possibly gain from such a cold act? And why had Abigail never noticed the coat was missing? The night grew darker, and the wind outside howled like a mournful ghost. Abigail, determined to uncover the truth, pressed on. We must find out who was wearing Samuel's coat that night. It's the key to solving this mystery. Could it have been one of you? The guests began to cast accusatory glances at one another, their paranoia reaching its zenith. The atmosphere of the room had become so oppressive it was almost suffocating. As the clock tower struck three in the morning, Abigail made a chilling announcement. We will spend the remainder of the evening here in the manor until we uncover the identity of the killer. We will search every room, every corner, until we find the truth. The guests, now racked with fear and uncertainty, agreed to the plan. In pairs, they began their search of the manor. The creaking floorboards, the flickering candlelight, and the eerie silence added to the growing tension. Robert Turner and Agnes Wainwright decided to search the library where Samuel had met his demise. As they entered the room, a haunting chill settled over them. The books on the shelves seemed to watch their every move, their spines bearing witness to the secrets that had been hidden within these walls. Agnes suddenly gasped, her hand trembling as she pointed to a portrait on the wall. It was a painting of Samuel Lane, a man with a stern expression and piercing blue eyes. But what caught their attention was the coat he wore in the portrait. 
the same coat the killer had been wearing on the night of the murder. Robert and Agnes exchanged horrified glances. The truth was becoming clearer and yet more elusive with every passing moment. How could Samuel's coat have been on the killer's back? And why was it hanging in the library, in a picture? Meanwhile, in the dilapidated kitchen, Harold Dunham and Eleanor Maitland were searching through old documents and papers, Harold letting out a soft eek as a mouse scampered across the surface. As they rifled through the dusty cabinet, Eleanor uncovered a stack of letters bound with twine. The letters were addressed to Samuel Lane and bore the same emblem as the Grimshaw Manor. They began to read the letters, and the words on the aged pages unfolded. A sinister tale emerged. Samuel had been involved in a secret affair with another woman, a woman from a neighboring town. The letters revealed their passionate love for each other, their plans to run away together, and their shared desire to leave Abigail behind. The shock of this revelation left Eleanor and Harold speechless. Could Abigail have discovered the affair and confronted Samuel on that fateful night leading to his murder? Back in the parlor, Abigail and the remaining guests were engaged in a heated argument. Accusations and suspicions ran rampant as they attempted to connect the dots. The tension was unbearable, and it felt as though the walls themselves were closing in on them. Abigail, her voice quivering with anger and desperation, exclaimed, Someone in this room knows who the killer is. We cannot leave until the truth is revealed. It was at that moment that the storm outside reached a fever pitch, unleashing a torrent of rain and thunder that shook the manor. The guests were plunged into darkness as the candles blew out from the gusts of wind and rain, and the room was filled with terrified screams dying down to an uneasy silence. Just then, in the darkness, a chilling laugh rang out. It was a laugh filled with malevolence, a laugh that sent shivers down their spines. When the candles were finally relit, the guests found themselves standing alone in the room. Abigail had disappeared. Panic set in as the guests rushed to search for her throughout the manor. The storm outside raged on, obscuring any attempts to leave the manor. The walls seemed to shift and change, leading the guests into endless mazes of dusty and spider-webbed rooms and hidden passages. As they explored the manor, they stumbled upon a room that had remained untouched for years. The room was filled with photographs, newspaper clippings, and a large corkboard covered in notes and string. It was a makeshift investigation board, and the revelations it held were horrifying. The photographs showed each of the guests captured in candid moments, as if they had been surveilled for years. The newspaper clippings detailed the murder of Samuel Lane, and the subsequent investigation with meticulous notes about each guest's actions and alibis on that night. The corkboard was covered in strings that connected the guests to a single figure at the center, and the name written there was Abigail Lane. The notes and photographs suggested that she had been orchestrating this entire charade, gathering her old friends to unveil their darkest secrets. As the guests stood in shock, the storm outside raged louder. The manor seemed to come alive with sinister intent. The shadows twisted and contorted, whispering secrets and horrors that had long been buried. As each stood frozen, their most inner secrets laid bare. Each one stood as though standing still might hide them from their shame. Agnes, whose youngest child drowned in a bathtub as she stood by and watched. Eleanor, who not only knew of Samuel's transgressions, but even participated in them, shattering the bond between she and Abigail. Robert, 
the detective who couldn't solve the crime. He knew why. All he saw those days was the bottom of a bottle. And finally, Harold. He had borrowed money from everyone, including Samuel. He didn't kill the man, but was certainly relieved when he was gone, because with him, so too went Harold's debts. As the first rays of dawn peeked through the tattered drapes of the house, each guest began to shake off their trance. The color began to return to their pale skin, wet and cooled from the storm that had subsided. They all knew everything now, everything, except who killed Samuel and where was Abigail. Abigail Lane, the orchestrator of this macabre reunion, had vanished into the night, her motives and identity lost, as lost as the guests she left behind to behold their own destruction. The town of Ravenswood was left to wonder about the secrets hidden within the Grimshaw Manor and the night the past came back to haunt them. The unsolved murder of Samuel Lane remained a chilling mystery, forever entwined with the secrets and sins of the living. Every one of Abigail's guests that night swiftly packed up their lives and left Ravenswood. No one would ever return to the place they once called home, for home it could never be. As for the Grimshaw Manor, it continued to stand, a silent witness to the horrors that had unfolded within its decaying walls. The residents who remained, too terrified to approach the manor, avoided it at all costs, allowing it to remain a place of legendary darkness and in the lore within the land. Outsiders would occasionally come to see the manor, believing it to be haunted or possessed. No one would stay long, and no one was ever able to make it through the night without running scared. Until finally, one day, years after Abigail's reckoning, the roof finally gave out. A noise could be heard when it happened, sounding more like a wail of sadness than wood cracking. The collapsed structure was condemned and fenced off. The ground beneath lay fallow, as if nothing could possibly find life around such sadness and grief. It lays that way today. Well, that's all for now, Furious Followers, another original short story on the books. If you enjoy my ramblings, shoot me an email at cowardsfury at gmail.com. If you don't, keep it to yourself. Your mama always told you if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. I'm just kidding. I don't mind feedback, even if I do find it soul crushing. Remember to share us with your friends, the more the merrier. It's spooky season, my favorite. I'll try to get another story out by one of the best days of the year, Halloween. Until then, stay scary, my friends.